Our climb will be steep. We may not get there in one year or even in one term. We as a people will get to the promised land. I promise you, we as a people will get there. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is bent. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing anything. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Everybody Mad, the podcast where nothing is off the table, facts are currency, and at some point, everyone will feel uncomfortable. This is what happens after. Welcome to Everybody Mad, the podcast. Welcome back to Everybody Mad, you're now into Everybody Mad chat room. This is your boy, Rel, and as always, I'm so happy y'all are here in the chat room with me. Welcome back to season four, unpacking to connect with the essence. And as always, make sure you email everybodymadpie at gmail.com. Let me know about topics, episodes, feedback on on what you're listening to. Follow Everybody Mad Pie on IG and Facebook. And on all streaming platforms, Everybody Mad. Uh, I'm joined this week by a special guest. I'm really excited to have this conversation as always. I actually want to take a second and shout out Clubhouse because it is paying off real dividends even two years later. Like I was recently saying to myself, I wonder how active it still is. And then next thing you know, I start seeing more people pop up with Clubhouse rooms and I'm like, oh. And then the fact that uh, a number of the guests, uh, the number of the initial guests this season are, you know, folks that I initially connected with in that space and have had the opportunity, you know, now to, to finalize having these conversations that I think are, are absolutely wonderful. So if you haven't already, make sure you go check out that Faith in Real Life episode with LaVon Briggs. Uh, but for now, we're going to center back into where we are in this moment. And I'm going to shift it over to let the guests say what's up to y'all. So without further ado, say hi to the people. Make sure you give them your name, age, sex, location, and one unique fact about yourself. Hey y'all, thank you for having me, Rel. I'm Mandy Bowman, uh, 32 years old, woman, she, her, Uh, what was the last one, where I'm from? Where you from and one unique fact about yourself. Okay, I'm from Brooklyn, New York. One unique fact about myself, I, okay, I am low-key obsessed with like the cosmos, stars, planets, galaxies, all that shit. It's a really good way to to remind yourself that your problems are just super, super small in like the grand scheme of things. So when I'm at legit just watch documentaries about galaxies. <laughs> Yo, the beauty of of you bringing that up is that's the episode I recorded yesterday was on astrology are you serious i'm very very serious the episode if you uh, so as as it just because it just came up if you haven't go go check out the astrology episode with sade uh yeah literally we just we literally just recorded uh last night talking about astrology um it's one of those key pieces that i feel like we can unpack further to connect better with our essence um like you said when you're feeling certain ways you 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 just talked about it yourself you go and you connect with the cosmos um if you have any sort of of belief, regardless whether it's a divine entity or scientific, you have to give, you know, I think greater acknowledgement to the galaxy and the stars. The fact that, you know, this, this, this entire thing revolves around a huge bubble of gas that's exploding on the daily. Um, our tides and our motion, emotions are, are affected by the moon that that we're not actually revolving around, but it's revolving around us as Earth. And so, like, that's beautiful that you bring it up that, you know, you are you are into the galaxies and you're into astrology and you're just you're into yourself. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite um, facts is that we're literally all made from the same thing, mm-hmm. the same thing that the stars are made from. Um, so yeah, that's my one of my favorite pastimes. Just the cosmos. Um, I know there's like a documentary by <clears throat> hosted by Neil. Um, all of that stuff. Um, it's just helpful when I need to like disconnect and de-stress. Mm, that's beautiful. Well, I hope in this current moment uh, you're not feeling too stressed. 
Uh, I hope, you know, that the the current time of the season is not adding too much burden to you, but at least creating some space for you to get some rest and, and further connect with yourself. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that the other day because I am not a fan of the fall. And I'm, I'm wrenched when it comes to anybody around me who's like, oh, I love the fall. And I'm like, why? I love spring. Um, the fall I didn't like. This year I have another appreciation for it because I'm like, you know, the leaves, you know, start to fall a little bit. It looks beautiful. You know, things start to slow down. The sun sets to like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so you have no choice but to sit down somewhere. Um, so I was like, you know what? I can appreciate this. Like there's a season for everything, and this is a season to just, you know, reset go within and you know just relax a little bit you know so you say it's you say that it's so interesting because i i love spring and 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 summer um Mm -hmm. as a new york kid like new york summers are unmatched you i'm pretty sure you can attest to this and so in the summertime like it's still light outside till eight o'clock and that sort of ability has always for me, like, really spoke to my, like, my soul, my essence, because, like, it is always said, like, you know, whether you leave school, um, when you come out of school, there's still a lot of daytime left. Once you come out of work, there's still daytime left. Uh, and it's just, to me, it's like New York in the summertime always has space for possibility. And that is, to me, a, a beautiful environment to, to grow up in and, and be in an adult in. And I have lately really tried to understand what it was that I don't like about the fall and the winter. And it really is that the sun sets so early. Like, I'm not even too too much bothered by the cold or the snow. It's really that. It's just like, yo, the sun set. And it's just like, damn, like... I want to go outside. (laughs) I, I got no choice but to go in my house. Like, fine, fuck it. But I guess because it's colder, so like yes, be inside. But it's just like no, like I'm in I'm in the city of, of everything where it's happening. I wanna again, I wanna go outside. Yes. Yep, that's so, how I feel. <laughs> I wanna go outside. So let's get into this subject. Um, but before we do, right, we're gonna we getting ready to talk. The subject that we we gonna have this 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 I think wonderful conversation on is that we're unpacking. Let's unpack the impacts of Black economics on all aspects of our lives. Um, but before we get there, uh, I wanna I wanna kind of like bring a spotlight to why I feel like you know you're like one of the perfect people to have this conversation with. Um, the conversation around black economics, the importance of it, the ways in which it does, you know, impacts, you know, a multitude of uh, facets of our lives. So before we get into that, tell them who you are, though, what uh, what you do, what you've created, and, and then we'll take the conversation from there. Yeah, so I am the founder and CEO of Official Black Wall Street. Um, we're a startup that helps connects consumers to Black-owned businesses all around the country, and we also have businesses listed um, in other countries around the world. Uh, So we have an app that we just relaunched, um, first launched in 2017, we relaunched it this year, uh, that helps people locate, you know, different products, services, brick-and-mortar businesses that are owned by people who look like us. Um, and then on the other, the flip side of that, we also make sure that we're doing what we can to bring different resources to the businesses on our platform. So free legal services, um, you know, like a database of grants that they can apply for. Um, so it's like a whole ecosystem um, to recirculate our dollars back into Black-owned businesses. I love that. Can you share why you decided to? Yeah, I um. So I started. I started Official Black Wall Street, or at least the idea for it, in 2014. Uh, And during this time, I, well, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And in my neighborhood, gentrification was very loud. Like, Mm -hmm. there were tons of Black-owned businesses that were closing down. Um, It felt like one after the next. and at that, around that time as well, I just read about um, Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, this, you know, prosperous, um, self-sufficient Black neighborhood. And for me, I, well, one, I, to me, it was crazy that I, I was maybe, what, 24 at that time, and I was just learning about this. Um, but it reminded me of Brooklyn. It made me want to, you know, create, recreate it in a, a digital way. Um, 
so yeah, that was the kind of the also forgot this piece as well. During that time, it was during like the Michael Brown shooting. Mm-hmm. And I remember working at Atlantic Records, and for me, I was literally on Twitter the whole day. I was at work and just like trying to keep up to date about what was happening in Ferguson, and I felt so like so helpless you know I wanted to to go and I wanted to help and and do something and so you know working on official black wall street and getting people to you know mobilize with their dollars was something that made me feel like I'm doing something to help what impacts do you currently see and you know that are are still to come with this app um so we have a lot of one, the, the thing that I love the most about um, the app is that we we get emails and messages from business owners all the time who are on the platform and they're like, you know, we had an increase in sales or, you know, I was able to, I wanted to start a business for so long, I was able to establish an LLC or get through this litigation pro- problem, you know, with some a professional holding my hand to do it. Um, so I love that it's it's a platform that does what it's supposed to do. Like it's it's legit working when it comes to you know connecting people to black owned businesses and helping black owned businesses grow. Because you know we I can't control you know the grants or the loans that you know a business owner is able to receive. The most I can do is drive traffic back to them and, and uh, you know get other people to support them as well. That's so beautiful and dope, and I feel like. This is one of the, like, your story in general is, I think, is is hearing it is important to talk about because, like, people oftentimes feel like that they, they can't do all that it takes to create the change that's necessary. But here we see, you know, there's an example of, in your lane, where you can be impactful, you are doing such. Like you said, like I, I can't control, you know, them getting the business loan. But if they do get that business loan, I know that I can be impactful and driving traffic, driving consumerism and dollars back into their business that helps them pay off that loan as well as have a profit on top of that. Um, so I, I think that's dope. Um, with the recent uh, updates of the. Uh, cannabis licenses in New York. Is there uh, plans to ensure that, you know, there's access to uh, recreational dispensaries, Black-owned recreational dispensaries? Yeah, we've um, we've actually been in talk with, um, with BNYC, um, and they have different programming in place to make sure that underrepresented founders are able to get a piece of that. Um, so that is my hope. I'm also hoping I can get a piece of that as well mm-hmm. um, in the near future. So, um, yeah, it's definitely something to, to keep an eye on. I remember a few years ago, I had, I had seen this. Um, there was a picture floating around um, social media of, I think it was like in Colorado, and there was some meeting um, related to cannabis and starting up you know, businesses, and it was just all white people there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm hoping that, especially in New York, that there is more done to make sure that, you know, we have dispensaries and smoke shops that are black owned. Um, most of the, well, n- sorry, not even most, all of the, uh, the initial set of licenses were only for individuals, uh, with criminal backgrounds, um, criminal histories in with marijuana arrest, uh, actually. So the 90s, so I think it was 99, or so uh, businesses approved. Um, they are all from individuals with those sort of backgrounds. There were three uh, nonprofits that work with individuals of of uh, of with criminal histories, specifically uh, the Doe Fund. So that's located here in New York City. Um, they were one of them, uh, and I forget the other two. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, so it, it is going to look black uh, and 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 pretty brown to start. Uh, and I think, you know, there's with an app like yours, you know, being able to, you know, really point people to where it is. Like I I saw the commercial. Um, I thought that was a really dope commercial. Uh, and because it spoke to, it spoke directly, you're welcome. It spoke directly to what I know as a black person, I have, you know, thought about like, you know, where are these sort of black owned businesses? Um, I've been, you know, in many ways trying to, you know, better 
uh, be intentional about giving my dollars, consumering, um, you know, black owned businesses. And it can be difficult in New York City. I remember in 2016, working for the state, I had walked, I was walking to my office. I'm in Bed-Stuy, Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn. I remember this. I'm on Fulton Avenue. And I said to myself, yo, damn, like what businesses do black people own? Like what industries do you, when, when you think of something, what industries do you think of black people monopolizing in any, like, you know, even in, in a small, just like local way. And like, there's nothing like you there outside of cultural stores, like specific cultural stores, because, you know, again, that that's specific to type type of people. We, we don't we don't think of anything like when you think of fish markets in New York they're there you don't think of black people owning them um, or even working in them uh 7-elevens Dunkin Donuts like the list goes on you know it's so crazy um I remember anytime I go to a, a Dunkin Donuts or a Subway it's always the same people like mm-hmm. it's one person you know buys a franchise and they're like just all of their cousins mm-hmm. their auntie all mm-hmm. of them are there um and if it's not them it's the friend that someone told them that go there because they're hire they they will hire you because you yep you're one of us yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely i i I literally like and and this was in 2016 and so it it to me like was like this it was this eye-opening moment so it's like yo like I don't know where it's at, but it's it's not how we're thinking about it. Like, yes, that's not to say, you know, black people haven't, uh, you know, been successful and, you know, become millionaires and billionaires at this point. We know these things to be true. But when we when we look at our collective, it's like, well, where do these things exist in mass that that provide further representation for the next person to know that it's actually achievable? Um and so I'm I'm thankful that you know you really do have this this app and and product and service. I think it's you know necessary to, to describe it in, you know in a multitude of ways, um, because of the the multitude of 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 benefits that it's providing, um, that you know gives greater access to for us to us. Um, and so I want to just ask like what what next do you have in store? A lot. Um, I feel like we're just getting started. Uh, we started in 2014, kind of sort of started in 20, 2014. I created some social media pages. Um, really starting official Black Wall Street was like a one step at a time type of thing where every year there was something else when we went to the next step. Um, so I didn't start it thinking like, oh, this is going to be a business. Um, it kind of just evolves in that way. Mm. Uh, so now that we have this new app out, which I feel like it finally reflects everything that official Black Wall Street is. I feel like we're, we're just now getting started. So we want to do a lot more when it comes to partnerships with, you know, other um, other groups that, you know, have black entrepreneurs or have a similar mission to ours, um, even on a local level. Um, we definitely want to step into e-commerce, um, do a lot more with in-person events next year. Um, yeah, there are a lot of, I feel like there, even when it comes to content, I get excited when, so I'm going to keep rattling them off, but Go um, for I feel it. like there's, yeah, there's so much that can be done when it comes to, you know, one, supporting Black-owned businesses um, and storytelling and changing the narrative um, when it comes to us and the businesses that we have and the amazing businesses that we have. Um, and so I, I definitely want to do more when it comes to telling those stories that, like you said, people see like, oh, OK, we are in these industries. OK, you know, here's some someone who opened a dispensary in L.A. or here's someone who opened a beauty supply store um, in Brooklyn. I guess, you know, it is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are I think those are the, the three biggest parts that I want to continue. And I told you I'm going to keep rallying them off. <laughs> Um, we got and, space. Yeah, expanding um, outside of the U.S. So we have businesses that are listed in other countries around the world. Um, but I remember when I first started, um, even now we get emails from people who are like in the U.K. or in France or Canada uh, who are like, 
we need this here. Like, how can we work together so that we have official Black Wall Street in our country as well? Um, so I, I definitely look forward to, you know, expanding. And especially since there's so many of us who are travelers, like we talked about that before we went, went live. So um, having a tool, so, you know, if you're traveling to France or to Mexico or mm-hmm. to Cuba, there's still black businesses that you can tap into that, you know, make you feel like you are at home. Mm. I just want to say the sky's the, the limit right now for you. Like, yeah. you, you didn't see it as a business, but like, as you're literally sitting here talking, I, I'm seeing, I'm literally connecting dots in my head for you about like, yo, like this now becomes like an, a, a space for tourism and, and, you know, uh, touristic tourism services in other countries. Like, you know, there's that sort of space. And you talked about e-commerce yourself. So it's like, you know, there's that idea. It's like, hey, you know, we need to be moving away from uh, Amazon. Like, you know, here's, but here's not, and then there's marketing that I was already thinking about with it because it's like, you know, elevating it in a, in a way that, again, black people see the representation. One, uh, I think the name, you know, is synonymous with, you know, a historic idea of of where how we have prospered um not even want to say i don't say idea a historic reality of how we prospered um and and where you know when given the the space and left the fuck alone uh what we will do um and 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 so it's it's up for you and i i I wish you nothing but success on that upward climb uh because like it's all dope and so I think, you know, we, we, we kind of started to touch about how the economics of this all, you know, are, are, are important um, or, you know, where it comes into play. And so now I really do want to, you know, kind of talk about how it just impacts us and, 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 and how we feel it and, and where we feel it at. Uh, and the beauty of this is that when we locked in this episode, I ended up following up with a... Uh, uh, another peer of mine in the, the political space who was actually an economist. And so we're actually going to do a follow-up to this episode to like really talk about like the theories of it and like the nitty-gritty aspects of it. Yeah. Um, and so, but for now, I, I still want to like, like I said, focus like holistically on it. And we talked about like, you know, both being in our, you know, neighborhoods or just being in different neighborhoods. You, you know, mentioned, you know, being in Brooklyn after, you know, uh, having experienced the gentrification and, you know, seeing the black businesses there shut down. I, you know, talk about, you know, having walked through that neighborhood two years, you know, later. Um, but I even think about like just growing up in the Bronx. Um, you know, and that's a, a, a heavily, you know, black populated, you know, borough uh, as well with, with you know, deep uh, pockets of just black communities. And so, you know, even then it was hard to find like, you know, where we, we owned a lot of the different businesses there. You know, you might find one of us owning, you know, a hair salon or a barbershop. Sometimes not. Um, sometimes like renting out a chair from someone else who had, who owned the shop. Um, you think about like, you know, other stores in the areas, like even like the chicken spots that those weren't black owned, like the corner stores, those like you. So, uh, I want to ask like in terms of just terms of like business, um, you mentioned you you hear from you know business owners who talk about like their ability to uh, you know get this loan or or you know figure out this problem like what sort of like big picture uh, benefits are you seeing to that in terms of you know the community uh, of black business owners expanding you know are you seeing that there there's more actually of that taking place. Oh, um, yes and no. It pains me to say that no part. Mm. Um, I feel like we all know in 2020 there was this massive, you know, social justice push from everybody. Um, and so we kind of saw, saw money pouring in um, to black owned businesses from VCs to all these new programs that were popping up. 
Um, and then talking to, to black founders now, it's just like, yeah, dried up. <laughs> it seems like the, um, the support, the, um, all of the, the commitments, um, even I was researching this um, about a month ago, and even when it comes to VC funding, it's like a slow drip. I think there was this fast uh, company article that was literally like, yeah, um, VCs have forgotten about black founders already. Um, we had like the good year and a half and then it was like, all right, you know, we did our part. Um, mm. so yeah, I feel like on one end, um, you know, we have more, more programs in place than we did prior to that. Um, but definitely not the same as the height of 2020 and 2021. Um, I will say though, and I'm, I'm more of an optimistic person. I, I can't even help it, but, um, I will say that, um, there are more people who are paying attention to Black-owned businesses. There are more Black-owned products and services in retail. Um, Target's done a, a, a great job at, you know, packing their shelves with um, yep. Black-owned products. Um, we see Sephora and all these other um, companies also pledging to a percentage of their shelves to Black-owned products, which is great. Um, we see that there is an uptick in the amount of people who are looking for Black-owned businesses, and that's always a plus and always a positive. Um, ultimately, I want for Black founders to not have to work so hard. Yes. I don't want to work hard. Yes. <laughs> I yeah, I'll talk to, to founders, and, you know, we'll talk about, you know, if they're raising funds or fundraising, and they're just like, yo, we have to, like, show you know, all these numbers, and then we have to go back and show more numbers, and then we have to prove this and prove that just to get an investment. You know, you have other white founders who failed their way to the top, and they're given money based oh. off an idea. So, yeah, I just want us to not have to chuck and jive and, and tap dance and do all this just to to be able to sustain our businesses. I, I'm I'm so happy you talked about that though in the way you did like you were just honest and said yes you see it and then there's this this reality where it, it it's kind of like it's slow right now um, but then you also talked about your optimistic aspects of it um, and I feel like that that's that's the conversation that we should have as a part of this because it's like right there we saw where it's like you know, there was this this upward climb. Um, and then, you know, I don't want to say it's, it's fallen off, like, you know, like you said, being optimistic, but it's, it, they've recognized a difference. Um, and they, they see that it's having, you know, at least some impacts, um, on the space and their, their continued ability to grow. And I think what we have to, you know, take a real look at is, is like what that then does for, like you said, the, the community is seeing it, not being able to see it or like having to, you know, jump through extra hurdles to get there. And so that now means that it's harder startup wise for a black business. Um, we then recognize that then that may potentially mean that they have a higher cost for their uh, products up initially. Um, we also then recognize, you know, the realities that we're currently facing, you know, realistically as a country and as a world in terms of inflation. So you now are asking black consumers, um, to potentially pay for a product at a higher rate all while, you know, their, their dollar isn't expanding, you know, as far as the, the cost. That's not to be negative. What's that to do is to paint the situation that actually exists right now when it comes to being a black business owner as well as a black consumer. And and that's a tough reality that, you know, that 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 exists for for everyone right now. Like I said, whether you're the black business owner or the black consumer. Um, but what you talked about in there was this sweet spot that's currently, you know, existing right now where there's more black products out there and they are in target. Um, you know, there are a uh, honeypot is sold in Target. And then, you know, you think about like, I remember when that uh, brand first came out, having, you know, live with living with a woman will show you, you know, these sort of things. Yeah. And it wasn't in Target. It wasn't. It was ordered online. Um, like you had it as like a subscription at first, I believe. Uh, and and so now, you know, they've been able to, you know, expand their, their footprint. 
and that now you know serves as you know a model for um you know the next you know group the next person to get there the next business owner who's like yeah you know i'm interested in starting a business and this is the business i'm interested in starting um and it's it and the, the competition is okay you know the increase in, in in businesses of 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 a similar nature is is fine uh what would you say are some of the ways that we can start to counter these these roadblocks mm. i think um one thing i love that you had mentioned was the higher cost of black owned businesses mm-hmm. and i see that all the time where as a complaint from people who are like oh they you know overcharge or it's not always the case um like you said many times you know, black-owned businesses don't have the demand to buy in bulk like these larger companies do. They don't have the same contracts or connections that they do. Many times they're also making these things by, you know, handmade. Um, so they, they literally don't have the, the infrastructure in place to charge two cents, you know, for whatever it is that you're looking for the way that Walmart can. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need the demand in order for them to get to that place. So it's kind of like, you know it's kind of like a, a never ending cycle. It's like they, they need the, the demand, but then the price is too high and, and then you're back at the, the beginning. Um, so I think one, giving grace and understanding that fact, um, it's not just overcharging. This is, you know, what they can do based on the demand, contracts, manufacturing, all those other things. Yep. So having grace, speaking of grace, um, <laughs> um, having grace when it comes to black owned businesses in general, um, I I always cringe when I see tweets or whatever from people who are like, went to this black-owned business, had a horrible experience. This is why I don't, X, Y, Z. And those people, because it's not all of us, of course, but those people, you would never see them complaining about, you know, the, the bad treatment that they received from another company. Um, but because there's that familiarity um, and that, you know, comfortability with us, yep. it's a bigger issue. Um, so having grace... With that as well, um, you know there there are some. Anyway, have some grace, you know where where it's where it's needed. But um, also just going out, you know, downloading the official Black Wall Street app. Shameless plug. Plug it. Uh, finding yeah, finding you know restaurants, um, um, products and services. There are we have like we have black owned vitamins. We got. Um, black-owned um, restaurants, pharmacies, um, yoga studios, literally, you know, there, there's so much in our neighborhoods. And, and even if there isn't, you know, there's online shopping that you can, you know, use to, to support. Um, but I think the, the biggest thing is to make it a lifestyle switch. Um, so, you know, even if you... Even if you have to go a little bit further, yep. you know, travel a little bit farther um, to get to that black-owned business, you know, it's, it's worth it. It's, it's not just, you know, spending money. It's supporting a family. It's, you know, contributing to generational wealth in some way. It's contributing, you know, recycling money back into our communities. I remember um, Malcolm X uh, in the early 60s, maybe 64, don't, don't quote me on, on that, but he gave a speech, and I'm also forgetting the name of the speech, but he... You cut out. You cut out as you started talking about the speech. Oh, man. Sorry. So he was talking about supporting Black-owned businesses and creating more Black-owned businesses. Um, he he mentioned that, um, you know, in the hood, and we just talked about this, we see a lot of businesses from people who don't necessarily live there. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of, you know, gather up the money, and then they go back to their communities where it is spent and circulated. Um, so... You know, doing what we can to to um, purchase within our communities and purchase locally with Black-owned businesses. Um, not only does it help them scale, um, but it also you know helps them hire more people from within our community. Um, so there are all these different benefits. Yes, buy Black, um, give Grace. Um, yeah, I'm gonna keep it at that. And download the app. Download the app. That's great. Uh... And I feel you on that because, like, I remember in moving to Harlem uh, and having a dog, 
one of the first things I realized was that I didn't have a local pet store. And I was like, damn, like, I mean, I know, you know, black people are funny about dogs, but like, there's like, there's tons of dogs. I, I literally started seeing them. Like, I realized, like, even in that, there's still tons of dog owners. And, like, this entire complex that I live in, there, there's a shit ton of dog owners. And then I just thought about the broader, you know, Harlem community. There's still dog owners around here. And I'm just like, so wait, like, I could really go do this now. That's not where my heart and passion is. So it's like, I, I'm, I'm not there. But, like, it's, it's something I realized like very early and immediately and it's still it's it's like you know having been here a year now it's very curious to me that nobody has still thought of this I, and maybe I just need to I, but I I don't know but it's just like I can't like there's nobody's like hey I got this business and it it could be it could be very profitable like I know it could be profitable I I I, I literally can see it like yeah wait I got one for you um, so in Harlem, there is a, com- a pet shop called The Bark Shop. Yes. I know that they sell products. Yes. Um, and I believe they do grooming as well. Yes, yes, yes. They're a groomer. Yes. So, so, so I, I do know. So they are a groomer. Um, they, they, they're more like a groomer spa uh, dog uh, pet spa. Um, and so I am familiar. I actually do have friends who uh, who have gone there uh, who, who still do. Uh but that 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 is something that, that I, like I said I have seen. Um, but the the pet store, I'm just like wow. Uh, so yes, we we do are we are expanding into the the pet industry. Let let's let's big up that aspect of it then, um, and look at that as a positive. So maybe yes, maybe now I need to just go open up this 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 pet store. Maybe you do. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Maybe I set it up and, and find somebody else to manage it. That's the, and that's that's creating a business and a job for someone else. Okay. All right. Like I'm gonna start thinking about that. Um. I, this is a beautiful conversation. So let let's talk about this right in all aspects. Right. Um. Just in in thought, when you think of black businesses. What's the oldest one you think of? Oldest, damn. The first thing that came to mind was Jet. That probably wasn't a good example. Jet has been around. You no, know, oh, I mean, it's no longer black owned though. Right. That's why I was like, it might not be a good example. The oldest uh, business I can think of. Damn, that is a good question. I'm drawing a complete blank right now. But here. that's, that's, it's hard and I don't even know. And like, uh, and I, and I, for the life of me, I don't know why I haven't researched it yet at this point. Um, but it's just, it's, it's one of those things that come to mind as we start having this conversation around business and, 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 and economics. And I'm going to do that before the economics episode. I'm going to, going to do that. Uh, but to me that that that's that to me is it's the wild part of it all because i then start asking myself okay well what about today like you know about businesses coming together and like you know what are some of the challenges that you know we see when you know businesses and you talked about like you know having to to show this and show that and so like startup capital is essentially one of the tough things and then i start thinking about well you know people be talking about this idea of you know friendship but then people talk about well starting a business and a relationship and i and i think okay well people really like hold to the idea of starting a business and a relationship and so a lot of people is like yeah, you know, well, I'm looking for a relationship so, that, so we can grow together, you know, build something, leave, you know, generational wealth and legacy and da 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 But then I think about the fact that, like, but people got friends that, like, they friends, friends, like, that's they road dog friends. Why haven't we just done it with our friends? And so what are just your thoughts in general around how we can start to re-envision uh collective economics oh i love that um i love that and i also love the idea of of working with the you know your your day ones um Mm -hmm. even in my company my coo was one of my best friends um our client services manager is my mom that's so that's what's up yeah um 
But yeah, I think um, working with with friends and, and family, it is it can be tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you just have to be honest with yourself about that person's um, work ethic. If they're reliable, um, that is a, a really really big one. Um, but I think the idea is it makes so much sense, and it's something that we've been doing in in different ways for so long before. Um, so it. Yeah, it, it, even when it comes to, like, buying, buying property, I'm like, I want to go to my friends like, yo, let's, like, I remember there was a few years ago when there were, was, like, all these stories about Detroit and how, mm-hmm. like, buy a whole block for $1,000. I'm exaggerating. But I went to my friends and was like, yo, let's, like, let's buy two blocks. Let's buy a whole neighborhood. Um, but everyone kind of has their own things. Yep. Um, it's... It, it's it can be difficult trying to marry your passions with someone else's passions that might not be the same. Um, but I definitely see myself um, going into business again in, in the, the near future um, with friends. Um, I think you just have to, to one, sit down and, and figure out what y'all are good at um, and what y'all are passionate about and see if there is anything in the middle. Um, and property is a really good way to you know, to start with that, you know, even if it's, hey, let's, let's buy a house together and we can split the, the proceeds and just, you know, rent it out. Um, so there are, there are ways to get your, your feet wet or even like a, a franchise. I love the idea of franchises because the, the blueprint is already there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so even, and for me, I plan on opening a couple of franchises, um, I'm even going to speak it into existence because um, Slutty Vegan has their own thing now. And so as soon as that is, that's, as soon as, no, that is able to be franchised, I'm with it. That's amazing. Um, and you talked yeah. about like getting a piece of the, a piece of the, uh, like the cannabis, the pie. And I feel you on that because like I have talked for years about having, you know, a dispensary. Like I remember um, I worked on, uh, marijuana decriminalization in New York. So, like, I remember I went out to L.A. I went out to L.A. for a work trip, not even related to to weed. But I'm in L.A., so it was just like, well, I'm going to do what I do. And I saw what was there. And I already had experience of working in the state. And so I knew a number of the regulations that were going to be coming about. And then, so I know we've already decriminalized it. And I know legalization is coming shortly so for myself, like I remember living in the East Village, I literally remember being downtown. I'm like, I'm scouting locations. I was like, this would be a nice area if I would, you know, set up because of, of again, certain regulations. Did the infrastructure already exist down there in a specific type of way? Um, but even if I, you know, wanted to come up to the Bronx or come up to Harlem, um, Brooklyn, like I know the environment, like I know the setup that's needed for, you know, that I, I would need to, ha- you know, be able to host that business. Um, and so, you know, it's it's still a, a few years off in terms of the explosion of it here in New York. And then even then that, you know, it's New York. So, you know, it's, if you can create a vibe. You, you can uh, you'll have clientele uh, and so I I plan on that at some point damn sure doing that um, if you could just tap me when that time comes <laughs> we can talk like we can definitely have a conversation about it um, because like again for me like I think there's a there's a real reality that needs to take place in this current moment for us as black people to start collectively like I said re-envisioning our collective our uh, collective outlook on uh, group economics because we're, we're missing sweet spots like it is about being honest with ourselves about strong suits and like you know letting you know people know like you know I I don't mind you coming along, but what's it has to look a certain way. It has to you have to be able to show up and step up in a certain way. We think about you know uh, some of the the, the the situations that we've heard about. You know, just in you know the the, the celebrity public sphere, uh, Dame Dash and Jay Z. 
you know, what, what took place in that. You know, but for a number of years, they, they did have a successful, you know, business. As it as it decided to you know uh, break down you know or rather towards the end of its its life cycle that it had you know however they managed it in terms of the, their personal you know businesses is is one thing but again it's about being honest about those things we see you know Jay Z and Tata still cool we see LeBron and and Rich are still cool so it's just like. We there are are there are real life examples even outside of of those spaces. You talked about you know your sort of connection, um, where one of your best friends is you know COO and your client serves your mom. So it's like we have real life examples. We don't have to always like you said when it comes to the black experience like all oh, that one time it's like eh, no more no I'm not going back. Like it's not helping us that's that's not that's not advancing and it's not to say that you can't have your gripe whatever it is your disagreement you may not have liked that customer service but it's okay to just simply say you know what i did not like that customer service and and let me express to you why that's it and like you know give an honest review and and people still will likely go because we we all read reviews and make our own decision on based off of what the review says. Oh, like the, the food wasn't bad, but like you know I waited twenty minutes, you know that night. I mean, who ain't been to a restaurant that doesn't happen? Like let's let again put things in full context. And so, recognizing that we have to be able to shift our ourselves and our mindsets around our our own individual impact. Um, our own individual consumerism um, and as well as our participation in this this environment um, that's supposed to be about us elevating and so we have to be able to do that in a way that you know takes the collective along because if we're not taking the collective along uh, then what are we doing mm-hmm. yeah and we've seen examples of it you know there what is it called? Susus or something? Yes. Yes. We've seen examples of, of this working. So, you know, it, it's, and we're all, especially, you know, black millennials, we're all brilliant. Um, so I feel like it would be nothing for us to take those examples and make it better and make it work for us. Um, I've seen, there was a story about a group of friends, um, friends, you know, families that, basically bought a ton of land and we're just like, okay, we're going to create our own little community here. And I think that is super dope. Um, so even doing things like that are, you know, or even with the dispensary, like I absolutely, I had a vision about this. So I am all for like, you know, starting a dispensary or something in New York. So there is that representation. Uh, but even, you know, gathering your friends who are also about it and being like, listen, let's all like, let's figure out what the costs are. Let's, you know, split it this way. And, and let's do it, you know? And if we have five people trying to start a business versus one, I mean, I started a business by myself and that shit was, was stressful. Mm. <laughs> so I imagine how much more further um, and how quicker I would have gotten there if I had had, you know, a whole team of, of brilliance, you know, with me working towards the same goal. And, and so this gets into like, even like further into the conversation around like the impacts that it has, because like I, I can, you know, like it's not to make an excuse, but it's to understand like where the 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 roots are and, and where these these things are and how these things are existing for for many of us. It's I talked about the startup capital. But then if you even go back to the, you know, places and environments in which we, we were able to have the ideas, um, you know, to to develop and create um things and 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 mold those things you know people they have jobs and they're working jobs that don't provide the space for them to come home and, and kind of want to 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 okay like i can tink away at this and 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 do that um you know we, we haven't had the ability to live in you know parents garages and and and, and receive you know uh $300,000 loans that help us keep you know our our our, our fledgling business afloat um, we, we, we haven't we haven't had that and so we we have to we have to I hate to say it like give a little bit more but in essence that that's what it is it's 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 it, it is giving a little bit more because without it like there's growth but it's it's not keeping to pace where where everything else is at 
because if it was, then we, we wouldn't have, you know, to, to have real parts of the conversation that center on, you know, black businesses are actually do charge more. And, and, and you can even some in some cases significantly more. Um, but that's not, you know, just because they're trying to, you know, come up on the come up. They're having higher carrying costs than, than other businesses. I remember wanting when I was moving to Harlem, wanting to have a black owned uh, moving company. And the fact that it was that I only had like two options, uh, and I forget what the first was, the reason why I couldn't use the first one, but the one I ended up just going with, just like and just saying fuck it, was go and going with. There was a, a hiccup at first where to get a, a certificate of insurance, a higher level of certificate of insurance. And I remember I've had this conversation a few times with a few folks, and there's people who are like, yeah, well, you know, it's not that much to get a certificate of insurance. I, you know, it's an extra fee. They could have gotten it. I don't think that that's, that's not necessarily wrong. That's not indisputable. But it's also recognizing that for a black-owned business, that may not be a fee that they were anticipating paying. So now, like, they, they may have to come out of their savings, or that may cut into the dividends for the the the, 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 the business owners that, that they were playing on divide. So it's those sort of things that I you know I'm I'm further cognizant of as I think about the fact that as I was walking down Fulton Street, uh, I, I didn't have you know representation. Uh -huh. And we talk about this idea of you know generational wealth, and I wonder. How do you see that coming about for us? Um, with generational wealth, that is a, a tough one. One, yes, I, I do feel that, you know, creating assets, whether that be businesses, um, land, investing in some way would definitely help. Um, insurance, all of those things, um, making sure that your affairs are in order when it comes to mm. your will and, and testament and all that stuff that we don't like to, to touch um, or we don't like to talk about. Um, but that stuff also counts as generational wealth because you're at least leaving something, you know, for the people left behind to, to continue to grow. Um, I've seen and heard of many situations where that wasn't the case and the people who were left behind ended up going more into debt you know, because the, their affairs weren't in order. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and then when it, for me, and of course I'm biased because I'm an entrepreneur, but I definitely, for me, I saw um, entrepreneurship being my route to generational wealth. Um, and that was, that was the first, um, the first type of generational wealth that I had seen. Because um, I remember in college, and I went to a PWI in, in Boston, um, and I remember, like, my senior year, of course, everybody is kind of freaking out to figure out what they're trying to do next. And I remember my classmates, at least the, the white ones, they were all just chilling. Mm. Um, they had, you know, they their parents had law firms that they could go work at, or their parents had, you know, whatever money set up for them so that they could take a year or two off and just go backpacking somewhere. Um, but for me, it was, I remember hearing those stories. I'm, I'm dead yes. ass. I heard some of those stories. Yes. And I'm like, how are you going to pay for Like, who's going to pay your phone bill? You, <laughs> all that stuff was already taken care of. And I was like, wow, that is so dope. I remember during this time, I only had one friend whose parent was a business owner or a serial entrepreneur. Um, but the rest of us, we were like scrambling, trying to figure out, you know, what's going to happen next. Um, and for me, I just love the idea of having something where it's like, yeah, like my my kids, if they want, they can work here, they can sell it, you know, and, and make more money from it if they wanted to. Um, but yeah, I I see at least having something that can be passed along so that your kids and hopefully theirs can benefit from it in some way and can continue to, to grow it. Mm. That's it there. That's the wrap on that piece. Yeah. All right, so getting into holistic healing before we get out of here, um, I want to go back to the app. I, I think, um, again, like you having this this idea that formed into a business that is really going to elevate not only just you, but the community. Um, what 
give us the pitch. Like, don't worry about it being shameless. Give us the pitch. Why go check out the official Black Wall Street app? Why go check us out? Um, So we are one of the largest platforms um, for Black-owned businesses. Um, You should definitely follow us on social media. Uh, But one thing that I love about Official Black Wall Street is that, one, we have thousands of product services and -and brick-and-mortar businesses. So it's not just e-commerce, but you can find products. You can also find local businesses based on your location, um, a zip code, or whatever it is that you need. So we literally have everything from restaurants to e-commerce boutiques. Um, we also do our job when it comes to vetting. So there are other platforms, you know, Google did that thing where they have the little like black owned sticker that um, mm-hmm. businesses can add to their profile, um, but they don't do any vetting. So literally anybody can go on Google and say my business is black owned or LGBTQ owned or women owned or whatever the case may be. So we make sure every single business that comes on, we have an actual human that's looking through it, that's looking through, you know, we, we make sure that people um, submit an ID so that we know that they're the actual owner of the business. Uh, but outside of that, we have really dope products. We literally have like black owned, um, you know, heels that are fly. We have, like I mentioned before, we have black owned um, feminine care products, um, black owned multivitamins, like legit everything that you can think of. And this this is the part that I love the most about official Black Wall Street because it, it truly shows you that we do so much dope shit. Like, the, our brands, um, I, I'm i very big on aesthetics. Like, my background is in marketing. Uh, so one thing that I wanted to do was make sure that all the businesses on the platform, the quality reflected the quality of official Black Wall Street. Um, and that's the case. Um, even outside of that, So that's on the consumer side. So you're able to go on and you're able to search for um, all types of businesses. You're able to upvote businesses that you like the most and those businesses will be rewarded as well. So that's another way for you to support them. Um, You can leave comments and reviews on different businesses. Um, You know, and even on the the business owner side, it's not just coming on and, and gaining exposure. I did not want for official Black Wall Street to just be a directory. I want us to be an ecosystem um, or a platform where business owners cannot just get exposure because exposure does not pay the bills, um, but they can actually get sales and traffic um, and also resources that will help them grow. Um, So remember reading us that that um, business owners will spend about um, close to $10,000 a year on legal services. Um, And with our platform, we give that away for like $3.99. So um, it is we definitely do a lot when it comes to, you know, helping business owners. And not just that, we also partner with larger brands. So we partner with Comcast, Snapchat, Clover, um, and all these other companies to um, further shine a light on Black-owned businesses and creating these different campaigns that will allow us to highlight the businesses on our platform on an even larger scale. So we do a lot. We do a lot of good stuff. That was a dope pitch. Like, it because it, it, it covered so much like it covered like hey this is what you get just by coming through and checking out us from a brand perspective this is what you get from a consumer perspective and then you also get this from a business perspective and realistically hey it's all about the entire community uh so i think that was a really great uh, job of just selling it all so thank you i appreciate that uh this has been a great conversation um i think this this really sets up for diving into like the numbers uh on the economics episode i am i'm gonna have yeah i'm gonna have a field day with i'm gonna enjoy that conversation um oh man but this has been great uh mandy this this is great uh i'm i'm really happy you gave that that pitch just now like it was great uh i've had we had this conversation just holistically about you know impacts business we 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 talked about you know expanding our our collective idea of group economics and and challenges the the upsides uh the app is the upside go check out the app (laughs) (laughs) official black wall street the orange logo Mm. 
before we get out of here, uh, let the people know uh, where to find you, where to find the app. Yes, you can find me um, on just about every platform on social, Mandy X Bowman. Um, definitely follow Official Black Wall Street on Instagram. We're Official Black Wall Street everywhere else, OVWS app. Um, and also download the app. Um, we have tons of amazing businesses that are waiting to be discovered. Um, and if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur in any way, shape, or form, um, definitely sign up so that we can, you know, connect you and, and plug you in with everything else we're doing. Definitely. Uh, people, as always, uh, everybodymadpod at gmail.com. Email feedback, comments topics show ideas everybody mad pod on ig and facebook and on all streaming platforms everybody mad so manny before we get out of here uh what's a quote uh you going with for this week say it one more time what's a quote you going with for this week um a quote that i'm going with for this week um live your life like everything is rigged in your favor mm. That's yeah. the cosmos. The good and the bad is all for your your greater good. That's the cosmos. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and it's a new moon. Oh yeah, that is true. Yes. <laughs> we were just talking about timing too. That's crazy. Mm. This has been beautiful. Thank you. Uh, what am I going with this week? Uh, live and relax. Oh, I love that. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's what I'm telling myself. Uh, that's what I told myself a little bit today. That's what I'm telling myself tomorrow. Uh, thank you.